It's great to be back in the room together. Uh, for those of us who are here last week, this whole space was just pandemonium. There's stuff everywhere. We had such a great morning sorting out tins of food and nappies and clothes and all the rest. And I heard too many times from people saying, this is the best service we've ever had. <laughs> this is way better than listening to Paul or anyone else talking. So um, it was great, wasn't it? Those of us who were here, you know, you kind of felt good. Um, it felt like you were contributing. Also, what I loved was just the buzz in the room and the community and the building of relationship as we're sorting stuff out. And I really loved watching each individual kind of find their niche. It's like you had, uh, without this sounding stereotypical, you had big, burly, beefy fellas like Du Bois. Where's Boise? Big, strong fella there. Look at him, he's all shy now, look at him. <laughs> Lifting big, heavy boxes with our son Sam. Big, beefy, young, strong, strapping lad. Just encouraging him. You know, and then you had Niall. Where's Niall? Niall's our warehouse manager. He was in his element. I mean element like boxes, stuff, sorting. You probably needed a pallet truck, didn't you, or something like that. Or then we had Joan who sat right behind you. Joan who celebrated a very special birthday with a zero on the end recently. Joan has ran the, um, the remind me the name, the drop-in. I was going to say something completely different. The drop-in. Uh, charity shop, which is over in Irish Quarter West. And um, Joan come in, I was just like, we've got a professional here right now. <laughs> the pros have come to help us. And then right the way through to all of our kids that got invited. It's just brilliant, just stunning, just absolutely wonderful. Um, this morning we're, we are going to continue talking, but it's not just talking. It's always with an RSVP attached. It's always with a, there's wheels, there's, there's, there's an opportunity to respond. As we dive uh, through into this series of, of teachers to pray. And uh, so two weeks ago, uh, just very briefly to recap, uh, the, the main kind of words from it was keep it simple. This is when, when it comes to prayer. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. And I'm sure, like me, many of you, probably find the third one the most difficult. It's the persistence of just keeping it up, keeping it regular, keeping it consistent. Uh, we had said that with prayer, being still, um, uh, the best way to start praying is actually to stop praying. It's actually to center ourselves and be still. And the practice that we left with you was a, was a thing called centering prayer, which I have been practicing. It's and I sort of did it at the beginning. It's kind of just simply saying, I am here, you are here with me. I am here, you are here with me. And, and, and without it being this monotonous kind of repetitive thing that's, that becomes religious, it's just a way to enter and center our mind and our heart and our attention uh, towards the Lord. What we want to look at this morning uh, in terms of prayer is, is the whole aspect and, uh, of adoration. 
uh, adoration, adoring him as we pray. Francis of Assisi once said, All who adore him must adore him in the spirit of truth. And day and night, let us direct praises and prayers to him, saying, Our Father who art in heaven. I want to briefly look at just those first few words of the Lord's Prayer as Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven. You are in heaven. Our Father. Now, we could easily brush over that bit. It's like the, it's the, like the entree. It's the beginning. It's the hors d'oeuvre of the main course. It's the, it's the kind of the shan, handshake of, hey, Father, here we are. Before we get to the main course, which is the give us the daily bread stuff, forgive us our trespasses, lead us not into temptation, the, the important stuff. We could nearly brush over that beginning bit as we enter in and we sort of say, hi, God, our Father. We must pause and be still. We must camp out on that. We must come to him first and acknowledge him before we continue. Pete Gregg, who we often will refer to because most of this stuff we've nicked from, his, from him anyway, he writes this, most people's biggest problem with prayer is God. We'll read it again. Most people's biggest problem with prayer is God. What does he mean? It's the way that we view him. It's the way in which we think about him. Our understanding, our um, approach towards him, if that is skewed in any way, then the way in which we approach him and the way in which we pray will also be skewed and misaligned. Uh, Jesus' disciples, they would have been known or would have, uh, would have heard that the, the name for God, Yahweh, had connotations of a father. But when Jesus taught his disciples to direct their prayers directly to him as our father, that must have taken an incredible mind shift. To be so familiar, to be so personal, to invite an area or an understanding of intimacy between us, his people, and God the Father. I must confess there have been times when I avoid prayer, and that's often times when I know I've been a rascal, or I know I've upset someone, or I've done something dumb or stupid, and sometimes I avoid him, rather like Adam and Eve did God in the garden. It's like when they knew they'd slipped up, it's like what they do, cover up, hide up, run away. But actually it's in those moments especially where the father who knows everything anyway is always inviting, he's always beckoning, he always has his arms open wide as Jesus taught in the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son, who returns to the father to the Father, to be uh, dearly, that we would be dearly loved children. Why? Because a Father knows how to give good gifts to those who ask Him. Our understanding of who God is is really important that we understand He is a loving Dad that welcomes and beckons and invites us into relationship with Him. Our Father in heaven, four words, is brilliantly, brilliantly mirrored um, or counterbalanced by four other words. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, these deeply personal, intimate, you can come to me kind of words, mixed and balanced with who he is, hallowed, holy is your name. 
So the danger is that we wouldn't just come to him with this flippancy, with this, oh, Dad, how you doing? Let's hang out together. It's, yes, you invite me into relationship, but holy, holy is your name. Now, sometimes human representation, which I'm going to use, can be helpful. Sometimes it can be actually unhelpful. I hope this is helpful. Picture or imagine uh, a person of authority. Um, possibly let's use the, the example of a school principal, a good one. Um, so a, a school principal who is loving, who's kind, who's accepting, um, who has uh, children that really, really relate and, and feel really affirmed by the words and by the actions of the school principal, and they feel safe but yet balanced with the, but they're in authority. But they have, um, uh, there's a degree of respect towards them as well. It's both and. It's being familiar and being safe and being cared and nurtured and loved by, but also knowing the position and the authority uh, that they carry. As we approach, as we come uh, may we have an even better, way better understanding of that, that God welcomes us and accepts us who we are, but holy, holy is his name. And so want to just whiz through just six, and we are going to whiz through. Don't think, oh my goodness, six, that's going to take an hour. They take about two or three minutes each. Ways in which we can come uh, before God and practice prayer in an adoring uh, kind of manner. The first is, uh, awake my soul. Uh, if adoration doesn't come naturally to you in your prayer life, it's, it's like uh, we kind of need a kickstart, just some words or phrases that's just going to kind of get us going. And uh, simply saying, praise the Lord, or I worship you today, or God is good. Just, just even simply saying those words. And again, as I've prepared this, I've been practicing this. And there are times in the day I'm like, you kind of get up and it's like, oh man, it's enough just to get out of the bed, let alone into the shower and put the coffee on or whatever it is. But, but even in those moments, it's like, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And, and in many ways, let's be honest, they're words. They don't really come from the heart. They don't really feel. Oh. But if we're waiting to feel like it, to praise him and adore him. We're never going to get there. So it's almost like a, a, a deliberate kind of, I'm going to do this. And as we do it, as we praise the Lord, as we say those words, actually, we begin uh, to, to actually mean what we're saying. God is good. I, I, I love actually being around people. Sometimes you're in conversation with them and they say, oh, you, you tell them something, they say, oh, praise the Lord. And sometimes you think, oh, you're a bit like, but actually, that's, that's right. Praise the Lord. There are moments, again, rightly or wrongly, I do this. Um, you get a flat tire. I say this, I go, oh, praise the Lord. You don't really mean it, but you're meant to praise the Lord in every circumstance and situation. It's like, oh, burnt the dinner again. Oh, pray, oh praise the Lord. But actually, if we, if we, why not? Praise the Lord. Everything. Every part of our lives has the ability to extend and worship and give God glory and honor. Uh, the writer to the Hebrews said that we are to offer to God a sacrifice of praise. And if we're waiting to feel like praising him, it's probably not going to happen. 
A sacrifice of praise simply means to praise him in every season of the soul. And that's really tough when life is tough. But God invites us to praise the Lord. And we find it in the Psalms often. And that's the second one, is to pray using a psalm. Simply pray a psalm. Read it out loud if possible. We're going to do that right now because lots of this is, is, is practicing. It's practicing what we're preaching. And so hopefully the words will come up on the screen. I'm going to lead us, but we're going to do this out loud corporately together. And I will begin. Three, two, one. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you may know for them? Human beings that you care for. That's just the first four verses of uh, Psalm 8. It's a way of, of giving adoration. Pray the Psalms. Pray the Psalms out loud. Uh, the third is to worship on our own. Uh, music such a powerful part of creation that God has gifted us with and given us. And praise the Lord for our musicians, for the creative types, for those uh, involved in dance, in, in art, in writing, in all creative things. Uh, which doesn't necessarily come naturally to some of us. I include myself in that. But we, can all have, we all have the propensity to worship by ourselves. I've used this story a million times, so many of you might have heard this before. University for me was a lonely experience. I, I didn't particularly enjoy it much at all, and I found myself often alone um, just in the grotty house that we rented and the room, which was really grotty that I, that I lived in. I've flashbacks and uh, images in my head right now. I found myself worshipping the Lord often on my own. It was in around kind of the era of uh, Martin Smith and Matt Redman and some other folks that uh, similar sort of age to myself that were writing these fresh new worship songs. And I'd have the latest kind of album on my CD player and I'd stick it in and often I just have the music on and often I still do this now. I work often um, down in our offices here and I'll have worship music on and, and that's good. But there were times when actually instead of just having it on in the background, I actually stopped and I would sing the songs myself. And there were many times, many times as a young 20-something-year-old, literally at university, feeling deeply sorry for myself and lonely. And I just poured myself out and worshipped to the Lord. Just did that. And we all have the opportunity to do that and to adore him. There's so much worship music out there these days. And, uh, and I'd encourage you, download it whatever way you play it. I don't know. On, I'm going to start embarrassing myself and say words like Spotify. And what do we have? Apple Music, which we pay a fortune for. Um, no, we don't. Just kidding. Um, but just, just do that. Then fourthly, worship with others. We had a newcomer's evening. Uh, hello and welcome on Thursday night. It was wonderful to uh, welcome some new folks. And uh, we said, as you will have heard if you've ever been to one of those, that corporate worship, what we have done here 
is so important to who we are as a, as a family of believers. There's something that happens when we gather together to worship the Lord together. And uh, if you read those words, we go back to those opening eight words. Uh, not just the eight words of the Lord's Prayer. The, the prayer is plural. It's not singular. Jesus taught his disciples, Our Father, give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. There's something really powerful about doing it corporately. And so we're going to do that right now. We're going to pray the contemporary version of the Lord's Prayer together, something that we wouldn't normally practice, but why not? Let's do that uh, this morning. So, three, two, one. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Now, in keeping with this kind of corporate kind of way of worship, we're not used to this, are we? I'm going to mention a fifth one, which is liturgy. Some of you, I've just seen the eyebrows drop. What's that mean? To some of us, we're like, whoa, my goodness, this is quite good. Liturgy simply is a pattern of worship, of, of, of speaking words, set prayers, uh, set ways of, of, of adoring God. And I think sometimes, actually, in, in our kind of genre of church or our style of church, we have simply dismissed lots of these, kind of thrown them out the window and kind of said, you know what, we'll leave that to the Anglicans. We'll leave that to the presbytery. We'll leave that to such and such. And my, my upbringing was the Anglican Church. It was the Church of England. And I was very used to these kind of set prayers. And, and, and the slight danger with them is we can just say them and it just becomes a religious experience, a religious thing. But so too can be the corporate worship that we just did. We can stand there and we can sing the songs and not mean a bean of it, not pay any attention to it. It's not like we're right and they're wrong or anything like that. These are ancient practices that actually, I'm not about to say we're going to start introducing it and doing it every single week, but there's merit in it. That's why thousands and millions of believers have practiced it, because it does something to us and it brings glory to who God really is. So we're going to practice it. Here we go. I'm going to say some words, you're going to say some words. I'm going to say some more, you're going to say some more. That's how it goes. Here we go. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. You are worthy indeed, Lord, to receive not just the worship and praise of our lips, but also of our hearts and souls. You created all things for a purpose, and we are part of your purpose in this place and at this moment in time. 
praise and glory and wisdom and thanks, honor and power. Amen. Goodness will be the talk of the town. And then lastly, another way in which we can uh, give adoration to God is in our own we way. The way in which we draw close to him, that we adore him, that we love him, that we honor him. And that can be expressed in a whole manner of different ways. Again, a story I've used once before. Um, And I remember the story 25 years ago. During a home group, uh, they were talking about worship, talking about kind of corporate worship, our, our main understanding of it. And, um, and it was this discussion that just ensued of like, that's not the only way to worship God, to bring glory and honor to him. And this young lad piped up and he said, I feel like I worship God and I feel close to God when I'm snowboarding. Well, you can imagine I mean, it's like, what are you talking about? That's just one of those newfangled, as it was then, hedonistic kind of experiences of going out. And, and actually, the, the young lad began to explain what he felt emotionally, where his thoughts were directed, being in the open outdoor space, being in the mountains, on the snow. The ability given to him to carve these incredible turns, the sound that the board makes, and the, 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 the feeling and the, the, the connection, therefore, with God for such an experience. As he began to describe it in those ways, the other older members of the group began to think, he might be on something. He, there might be something in this. I've said this before. I do remember a time Um, out cycling. It was an evening. It was nice and sunny. I was out in the open space in, uh, I think, going through maybe trees on the side. I think I remember where I was. And I just felt like this sudden urge within me to, I was just, it was just like, it wasn't that I was just loving it, although I was loving it. It was like, there was more to the loving it. It was like, I just felt like, I just felt so grateful and so, God, you have given me this to do. And as I do this, I just want to worship you. I, and, and, I, and, and these words, they weren't even words. These noises came out of my mouth. I can't even begin because I'll be so embarrassed of my two children here. The, these words, I was just like, I was like, ah, and, ah, and I don't know, I was just the, it wasn't even, they were incomprehensible if that's such a word, but it just—it was like the overflow of the heart. The, the mouth didn't really speak, but things came out of it. It was just like, God, this is amazing. Eric Little, many of you know who he is. Chariots of Fire story, 1936 Olympics, the well-known phrase of, you know, God made me for a purpose. He made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. What is it for us? What is your own wee way that you worship the Lord, that you bring adoration to him? It could be cooking. It could be fishing, digging the garden, being with your children. 
It could be there are moments when you're at the movies where something just connects with you and you bring glory and adoration to him. It could be painting, writing, sketching, walking along a beach together or on your own. It could just simply be a quiet cup of coffee at home. What's the wee ways in which we bring adoration and glory and honor to him? And so as I'm landing right now uh, and the band uh, are going to just arrive up here and and finish with, with a song of worship, the encouragement to us this week are how can we practice adoration as part of our prayer life and our prayer world? Awake your soul. Choose a phrase. Praise the Lord, whatever it might be. Read a psalm out loud. Worship with music. Worship with your own wee way. Whatever it is, just choose one or two or three and just practice it, practice it, practice it. Like I said at the very beginning, it's keep it up. Keep it simple, keep it real, but keep it up.